Okay, we are on Chaf Gimel Lamed Beis 23b. We're going to start from the two dots on the bottom. And we learned a halacha in the Mishnah that was going through ways in which the standard for Kodesh, which is korbanos or things that belong to Hegdish, to the Beis HaMikdash, wine, oil, and um, korbanos, is stricter than the standard for Truma. And one of those ways was a halacha that if you have a large container that has many pieces of meat or many pieces of flour, and uh, one of those pieces becomes impure. Let's say an ignoramus uh, talks nearby and he spritzes on one of those pieces. So the halacha is for hegdish, we can't use anything in the container. Since one of the pieces in the container is tame, the entire container is tame. Whereas for truma, we can just take out the tummy piece and use the rest. So where do we know this from? So Amrav Khanadomar Krakaf Achasasurazav Malayak Taurus. About seven, eight lines from the bottom. It says in the Pasik that it stresses that it's all in the same container. Hakasav Asilakol Mai Shebakaf. Everything in the ladle is one, the same status. So if if one piece becomes impure, the whole thing will be impure. So this implies that this is a Torah concept that for uh, Kodesh, anything in the container becomes impure. Being in the container makes it all impure. Mesa, Rev Kahana, Rev Khan has a question. His question is going to be based on the idea that it seems like it's not a Torah concept, but that it's a rabbinic concept. Because Rev Yikiva added the following things. Hasolus, Vaktoris, that all of these things, if one of them was touched by an impure person, they're all Invalid. In other words, just like we said before by Kodesh, that if a, if a one piece becomes impure, they're all impure. That's true. Revi Kiva added to the list. And clearly, when it means he added, this was rabbinic legislation. Because in the same teaching was talking about Ephrachatos, Paraduma, that touches uh, the shenaga hatami b'miksa, so it's touched partially by an impure, impure person. Shetima eskula, the all of the paraduma ashes are impure. So Vektani hosef Rebbe Kiva. On that, Rebbe Kiva added. Now that pasuk that we had wasn't talking about paraduma. So there's no question that that idea that if one piece of the paraduma ashes become impure, that everything in container is impure. That's rabbinic. So clearly, when Rebbe Kiva says he added to it, it must be that it was all rabbinic. Uh, so this is a question, which is clearly there, it was rabbinic, not minatora. So the Gemara answers as we turn to today's page, there's actually two different rules. One of them is forbidden minatora, and one is rabbinic. The Torah rule was the mincha in the container before it was sanctified, before they removed the handful, the kamitza. So when it's in that container, if a little piece of flour gets touched by somebody uh, that is impure, you can't just take that piece out. The whole thing is no good. But technically, after the uh, avode is done with this flour, meaning that the Kohen sticks his hand in and does the kamitza, so then at that point, it's not forbidden menatora. So the, there the rabbis forbid it. Lo nitzuka el mincha, the remnant from the mincha, the Araisa Mina Torah if something's required to be in a vessel, Hakli Mitzarfo, then the vessel makes everything in it the same status. 
She'en tzarech if it doesn't need to be in a vessel, ain't kli mitzarechel. Then the vessel will not make it all the same status. So really, Minat Torah, they were only talking about something that needed to be in a divine vessel for the service. Over here, it's after the service. And the rabbis made a decree. Even though it no longer needs to be in the divine vessel, if it's in a kli, kli mitzarful. Then the kli um, makes it all come together, that if part of it becomes tame, the whole thing will be no good. So the Morris says, that works for solace. Flower, flowers in a vessel. What about katoris, incense? What kind of vessel is incense in? And what about frankincense? They're not in a container, but sometimes they're put on a, on a, uh, uh, like a leather tarp. So minatora, if it was inside a vessel, I would say that if one became tame, they're all tame. But if it's a vessel that has no container to it, no inside, I wouldn't say it's added together. In other words, if you have a leather tarp and a whole bunch of pieces of incense on it and an impure person touched one piece or spit on one piece, so I, w- I, I wouldn't say the halacha of something inside a vessel makes everything impure because it's, there's no inside over here. It's just on a tarp. That's where the rabbis came in. So, uh, according to this view, there are parts of the. There are some cases where Torah, everything in the container becomes tame, and then there are cases where the rabbis made everything become tame, and both of them by hektish. and he argues He says that the whole thing was the rabbanim. So again, there's just a debate about the source of this halacha that if one piece becomes tame, that all the rest becomes tame, is it mina Torah, is it mina Rabbanin, and there's two opinions. Okay, next halacha. Um, something that was impure, and then that impure, made impure, came in contact with uh, something that's tame, and then it touched something else. So the rule is that tuma can spread from one item to another. So how far does it spread? So we said for truma, up until three from the original it spreads, but for Kodesh, it goes until four. How do you know it spreads until four? The Morris says it's logical. We know that a person who's uh, uh, in the process of becoming pure, let's say a leper, who's, who's, who's been purified, his leprosy is healed, his, his saras is healed, and he's gone to the mikvah, and all he's waiting to do is bring his korbanos that he's allowed to eat his truma, but still, even though he's allowed to eat truma, he's not allowed to eat korban until he brings his korbanos. So we see that the, the, the rules of korbanos of hektish are stricter than the rules of truma. So shlishi shapasla betruma. And truma goes uh, up until three. The truma spreads. It's, truma is so sensitive, even if it comes into the third contact with something impure, it's no good. kodesh. Certainly uh, for Kodesh for Hektish, which is even stricter, even four removed will become Tameh. So with the fact that three, uh, that something that's three removed from the original Tumah, it still stays, can become impure, that's Minatora. For Ravi, the, the fact that up to the fourth thing that came in contact, which is the original Avatumah touches one thing, and that touches another thing, and then that touches another thing. That we learn out from uh, an inference. And how did we know that up till three times, the three removed is Tameh? 
it says meat which touched something that had become impure. Now, not it's not the impure thing itself. Lo yocha, milo isn't the case that nagu b'sheni. It touched something that was secondary, and the Torah says you can't eat it, so you see you can't even remove three removed. And the, the, the fourth thing we learned from a kavu kamer, as we said. And then we said another halacha, that if one hand is tameh, uh, then uh, the, you can't eat Kodesh with the other hand. So, that's only if the two hands are touching each other. But if the two hands aren't touching each other, then it wouldn't be a problem. One, a dry hand, can make another hand tame uh, for eating Kodesh. But not for Tumor Dive Rebbe. It's a different halacha. Once a hand is tame, but it, it, it can only spread tumma when it's wet. What if the hand is dry and it touches the other hand? It can make it invalid, but it can't make it tame, which is enough to transfer the tumma. If one hand isn't touching the other, so then this is a new halacha, the neguva, that it's dry. But if we're talking about one hand touching each other in, but if one hand is not touching each other, the, the tumma would not be forbidden. Why? What is it teaching us about it being dry? Um, we learned that uh, dry is normally needed uh, for non-temple things to spread impurity. But temple things make no difference if they're dry or, or not, because even in their dry, they can spread tumma because... Temple things, thing, Tuma spreads easier. That's called Kiva Sakodish. It Eliyado. As we turn the page, that's only true of his hand. What if his friend's hand uh, is Tame and touches his? That wouldn't contaminate. Rev Yochanan said, Just like one hand can contaminate the other, the friend's hand can contaminate his, his hand. But if that's the hand that's touching it. But it can't make it Tame. And how do you see that? One hand can make uh, uh, the other hand tame for holy. It doesn't differentiate between a person's other hand or a hand of someone else. But this is not for true. Truma. Wasn't this halacha learned already? It was learned already that one hand can contaminate the other on the same person, and we're coming to tell you even from a different person. And even Reish Lakish agreed this with this halacha. Whether it's will make it no good. Now it's not enough to spread the tumma, but to make it no good. Now this question, there's always a question when something becomes impure. Uh, becoming impure means it's puzzle. Becoming impure and being able to spread impurity is called tame. So that's actually an argument. How far does it go? That we're saying it's invalid, but not tummy. Tanohi, that's an earlier argument. Where do we see that? The Tanan. Anything that's invalid for truma, it makes uh, hands uh, impure. And, and for truma, one hand can contaminate the other. They say no, the hands are secondary tumma, but ain't shena osusheni, but one hand will not turn the other hand impure. My love, what are we implying? That it won't share the same impurity, but it could still make it a third impurity, which would be enough to make korbanos tummy. The Morris says, no. Maybe it doesn't make either one. Uh, the following opinion, Tanya. Even a dry hand can make something impure for the other hand. When you're dealing with korbanos. But not for truma. Dive Rebiosi Rehuda. Divrei Rebbe, 
Rabbi Yossi Huda said, also yad lispsul, that means that hand would become invalid, but not enough to make the other hand tummy. So we're having an argument about the case where one hand is tummy. We started off talking about the, and the other, the tummy hand is, is touching the tar hand. And then we raised two issues. One is, does it make a difference if that hand belongs to another person or does it belong to the same person? And then when we say a hand can contaminate, does it mean that the tumma spreads uh, and that contamination can contaminate something else? Or we mean that it's just invalid for use? Possible. Okay, then we continue on to the next way in which Kodesh is stricter than Truma. Ochlin, Ochlin, Neguvim, that you can eat with dry hands, but not for Kodesh. In other words, if the Tuma only spreads when they're wet. Tanya, Tanya, Are we saying that there's a difference for Kodesh whether something is dry or not? Kodesh, you don't need wet to transfer impurity. The fact that it's special because it's holy, that it makes it usually in order to transfer tuma, it needs to be wet. That's called a, a maksher. But for kodesh, for holy things, the fact that they're holy means the tuma can spread even in the dry. So Umar says, Lo srika. I'll tell you why we need the case. For example, kigon lo lasok piv. If somebody sticks food in his mouth, or he himself eats with a fork or with a uh, chapstick. Ubikish Lachosnun and he wants to eat a radish or an onion shahul and um uh imahem lakadish um together lakozerbe rabbanan, latruma lo gozerbe rabbanan. So even though his hands are impure, um he'd be able to eat if somebody else fed him or if he had uh, a fork where he wasn't touching the food. But that's true for Truma, but um uh but if uh but I'm sorry, that's true for Hegdish, but not for Truma. And then we said, Onein and Mikosu Kippurim also can't eat Hegdish. My time, what's the reason? Since until now they were forbidden uh, to eat Hegdish, and even though their reason that they had is no longer applies, it's a Rabban and Tefillah. Before they can uh, permitted to eat Hegdish, they need to go to the mikvah. Yeah, these are all special Chumras, special Halachas that apply to temple things, Korbanos, um, wine, oil, and we had before uh, uh, other things uh, that don't necessarily apply to truma. Now our Mishnah goes on the other side. So that's ways in which hektish is stricter than truma. Now we have a new Mishnah. We'll show ways in which truma is stricter than hektish. There was a strictness in truma in Yehuda. Um, uh, There's a certain way in which truma is stricter. And what is that? In the tribe of Yehuda, in the country of Yehuda, you were believed on the if they tell you if they bring wine or oil to the base of Migdosh, so they they were the a regular Jew is believed to tell you it stayed pure. They were scared, they were afraid, they all knew that things in the base of Migdosh had to be pure. Uh, and but for Truma that they gave to a Kohen they weren't all as careful. So you could believe them for Kodesh, uh, but you could not uh, believe them for Truma. So we see over here a strictness in Truma. You can't trust them on Truma. Uh, we're strict that we don't trust them, but for Kodesh we do. So this is a way in which Truma is stricter. Now, even this rule, though, uh, 
was not during the pressing season. And when they pressed the wine and oil, so then it had just been made, they were careful even for truma. After the season, and they bring you a barrel of wine, you shouldn't accept it from them because we're afraid that they didn't follow the laws. If they want to, they can leave it until the season. During the season, we're lenient and we accept uh, if they tell us they were careful from them. Now, what happens if they bring you a barrel and they say most of it's truma, but inside it is a little bit of kodesh? So Nemen, then they are believed because once you believe them for the kodesh, you'll believe them for the truma as well. Kadayayin, Kadayshemin. Now we'll see whether you believe them on the jugs or not.